Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to Room 14. This is the Room 14 podcast. My name is Matt, and I am your host. I'm also an alcoholic. I had an idea for a podcast in which I would host people in the recovery community and record the stories of those people. My hope is that someone may need to reach out for help and will hear one of these stories, maybe relate. I'm not a professional podcaster. I'm just a guy that started with an iPad and an idea to help someone in need. Though this cast isn't associated with AA, NA, or any other organization, I have chosen to keep my guests anonymous. Hey, Matt here. Welcome to episode five. Though my skills weren't at their best, and I really had no clue what I was doing, I decided to publish my first ever recording. Yes, this is going to be a uh, version of my first recording. Lucky, lucky Lee. Actually, lucky for me, Lee was a great listen for me and has a wonderful story. Unfortunately, my mo- my microphones back then were poor, and there's this constant noise. I thought his effort deserved to be heard. I'm sorry for the audio quality and the <laughs> rough skills by yours truly, but this podcast, much like ourselves, are a work in progress. Give it a listen to hear his great story. Lee tells us it's not how you find the help, it's that you just get help. Always remain teachable, and your story may end up being someone else's survival guide. Well, folks, on to my first recording and uh, Lee's story. Thanks to all my listeners and uh, all of my content providers. Here we go. My guest today, Lee. Welcome to Room 14, Lee. Glad to be here. Appreciate it. And I, too, am glad to be here. Uh, Would you like to tell me a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. I mean, kind of an open forum, or if you have questions, that's fine. Anytime, jump in. Um, uh, My name's Lee. Um, Been with uh, the program for recovery uh, since June, first part of June of last year, 2021. Um, pretty basic uh, guy, moved around a little bit when we were kids growing up and stuff, and North Dakota and, and South Dakota, and now I'm here in Nebraska, so just making my way through this crazy, crazy world, surviving every day. So, uh, just real quick, you you identify as an alcoholic, right? I, my name is Lee, and I am an alcoholic. The, the only reason I'm, I'm going into that is, um, in my intro, I, I do state that this is a recovery podcast, and so it's not excluded to um, alcoholics or addicts or, or anything, so um, we, may, we may see a variety. Um, so, you identify as an alcoholic, or you, you yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, so, uh, yeah, go ahead and continue. I, I'm sorry I cut you off. 
No, you're fine. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, just with uh, everything, you know, I've been getting over, um, you know, like, obviously, you know, it's crazy to be out and about and, you know, have the advantage of seeing everybody in, you know, meetings and stuff. And, you know, it's been really, really a great experience. I mean, you know, we'll get into this later, but, you know, just being excited to, to come to, you know, general meetings and stuff and, you know, speaker meetings and things like that, listening to obviously podcasts, um, you know, coming to meetings with, with you and, uh, you know, just experiencing that, you know, the, there's a lot of diversity in, in, the, in the program and it, it's, you know, you think sometimes you're the only one that's has this or did that and, you know, it's truly not the case. I mean, every situation is unique, but at the same time, I mean, you're not alone in this program and that's something that I didn't know sooner than I wish I did, but I'm glad I know it now, that's for sure. Nice. Um, is there any, uh, I mean, uh, well, here, how about this one? Um, at the, at the end of your, at your drinking career, what was, or actually before I even go into that, um, how long have you been sober? Uh, I've been sober for just over 14 months. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, at the end of your drink here, though, what, what was your drink of choice? What, what, what did you? Yeah, I mean, it was all type of stuff. Um, I realized that over time and everything that, you know, I needed to drink more to get the same effect. And, you know, it was a constant thing that I was doing. So the very end, um, it was uh, obviously uh, far too much uh, whiskey. So that was my drink of choice, tequila, vodka, whiskey, but definitely the whiskey stuff. Yeah, for sure. Nice. Um so what uh what 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 brought you to sobriety yeah um you know trying to be done with it several times uh without any effect um last year uh beginning part of june um the last drink that i last drinks that i had and took We uh, were, it was just at home, and that, that's towards the end of this. That's mostly what I was doing was drinking at home and stuff. And, uh, yeah, it just it got really bad, and um, I hadn't had anything to drink for a few days, and I was still having really bad withdrawals, um, really, really bad um, symptoms and everything. And it came to the point where I was losing cognitive ability. I couldn't talk. I couldn't put sentences together. Motor skills were extremely decreased. And uh, I had asked um, my, my partner, uh, I had asked her at the time, you know, that I need to go and see my therapist. And it was one of the first, it was actually the first time I ever met him in person because of COVID and everything, everything was done over Zoom. So when I went to go see him, I remember bits and pieces of the car ride to his office. Um, I don't remember talking to him all that much. I remember meeting him for the first time face-to-face, but it was really a bad situation, and he made room for me at Bryan uh, Hospital, and uh, they put me in the ER, and then I was in the ICU for about seven or eight days. So no fortunate, uh, no seizures, no long-lasting effects. Um, 
nothing with, you know, DTs or anything like that that a lot of alcoholics suffer from or, or unfortunate to get. So um, it was it was pretty serious, though, that's for sure. Nice, nice. Um, I mean, obviously not nice, but, <laughs> but no. Um, um, so I guess one of the questions that I had for uh, most of my guess is what what would you say your bottom was you know i don't think that i truly truly reached it and and i'm glad but you know you go to a lot of meetings or you may know people in your life that you know they've lost literally everything or they've been unfortunate to be in an accident and hurt themselves or others um think things like that or you know, I, and, and I knew it was bad, but I never really got to, and maybe I shouldn't compare because it was bad. It definitely was bad. Um, I, I guess I, just, just knowing that, you know, how medically I was behaving and, you know, just my actions and my thought, the lack of all of those things, I guess that was just the final point for me where I just had to openly admit that, you know, I needed help and I was unmanageable in my life without the help and I needed guidance and I needed to stop trying to do it on my own because it clearly wasn't working. And that's why when I was in the ICU and started to get a bit better, I pointed just down from the window and pointed right at the, the rehabilitation um, location for um, the independent center and said that I wanted to go there and this was self-admitted it wasn't you know not that there's anything wrong with however you get help is just the best option I mean if you get help before it's too too late or you know you talked about that rock bottom I mean obviously that's a great thing too but as long as you're able to get help I think is the most important point no matter how you got there as long as you're there and you're willing to, you know, accept what you're being told and follow the good word. <laughs> well, speaking of the good word, I, I think I got a little ahead of myself. Are you, <clears throat> so as far as, as getting help, um, am I, is it safe to assume that, that you used Alcoholics Anonymous? It is, yeah. Um, this whole process, I can't imagine without, you know, the fellowship and the brotherhood and sisterhood and everyone's hood, I guess. Um, it's been, you know, amazing that I can put in hardly any time and get so much out of the program and have the opportunity to give back and share experiences that I've gone through and not not give advice but give feedback and receive that it's always easy when you know you look at things objectively but you don't know how the true feelings of whatever the problem is you know so I try to blanket statement and say well if it were me I would look at it like this but that's your call that type of thing but yeah for sure AA has been huge and everyone opening up to complete strangers and proving to me the myth that I was alone 
this whole time that I had to figure this out, that I was the only one that could stop this. And I just, you know, ripped off the bandage and asked for help, and it's the best thing I ever did. <laughs> Your answers are all great answers. I, I, I really, uh, I'm really enjoying hearing what you have to say, Lee. Um, did your did your parents like as a child? Did you did your parents drink? Um, my biological dad um, did, from what I understand, didn't didn't see him or know him too too much. Um, my stepfather in the house, um, he he did. He was a a a, a fairly heavy drinker. Um, a lot of a lot of beers. Would go camping. Um, you know different things like that. There was always alcohol around the house and things like that. But um, knowing that, you know, I just wouldn't want to get anything or take anything from the house for fear of the obvious <laughs> to come down. But uh, lived in a small town uh, in South Dakota around the kind of coming of age, I guess. And it wasn't hard to get it wasn't hard to go to parties and have fun and you know it, it was more it was way more social than it was isolated that's for sure during high school and just after high school because then you turn 21 and you know you can literally waste money pretty easy <laughs> at, in any downtown establishment <laughs> agreed um Jeez, um, what? Uh, so, what meeting was your introduction? Your introduction to A. My first meeting was, I mean, we had meetings in the Independent Center, and I was thankful for those. But at the same time, I knew that I I knew in my heart of hearts that I needed to be in rooms and actually see people's face, master otherwise. Uh, you know, I I needed to be around it, not just hear it over a 14-inch monitor or a cell phone. Um, they're great for convenience sake, but I needed to break that cycle of work from home, drink from home, sleep at home, wake up, drink from home again, wake up in the morning, drink from home. I needed to get out of the house. Um, I needed to, you know, break that vicious cycle of rinse and repeat every day. And uh, there was a local meeting here uh, in Lincoln, uh, Friday night, the the day I got out of a, a uh, of the of the independent center, and it was a meeting that four of us that were residents together all went to. So we went. Where's that one at? That one's over by Pius on 60th and A. Oh, okay. Um, I think I've heard of that. Friday night meeting, like I think 7:30. Yeah. So it was the first one, and it felt foreign a bit because first off I don't have to go back to my room and I'm out in the, in the world again and um, it was just a, <clears throat> it was excuse me it was just a great experience um, being very thankful for volunteers that would come into the independent center volunteer their time for an hour and talk about how they started how bad it got what changes they made and then where they are now and how that with the right tools, the right people, we can be that too. We can be, you know, in, you know, constant or, you know, 
I guess the process of of working on it, you know, not not having to ever be perfect and you know always be you know teachable and stuff. And that's me to a, to a letter. I, I want to learn from this program, and I will learn from others, and you know, take what I know and what I've experienced and share that with other people as well. Um, it's not my saying, but I really enjoy it. There's a lot of them in AA, and it's great. But one of them is, uh, you know, <clears throat> your uh, your story could be someone else's survival guide. And I have a unique aspect on that, which we'll get into in a bit. But that's 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 yeah. a, <clears throat> that's great. And um, honestly, that's that's why um, that's what the purpose of this podcast is for is to try to reach out to uh, you know um, different people that's that your story may be their survival guide um, and it may be you know the maybe just the lifeline to maybe find somebody that's willing to help them out um, that's great so um, what what things do you think you would be doing right now or actually what things do you do now that you don't think you would be doing if you hadn't found AA? Well, I wouldn't be having this wonderful conversation with you, first and foremost, because that's what we're doing right now. Um, there, there's so many things, whether it be, you know, just recently uh, getting my endorsement for my motorcycle license, um, you know, that in, in this town with everyone on their cell phones and driving the way they want, like they own it. Um, you know, that it's, it's hard, uh, you know, to, I, to even imagine what that would be like, you know, under the influence. Um, it's just so risky and I'm glad that I'm making the right choice, which is obvious to a lot of people that don't have this disease, but, um, the ones that think that, you know, just a couple, ah, just a couple more, it's okay. Ah, just, I'll be fine, you know, and then we read about them and that's not good, but. Um, you know, just, uh, being present, being in the moment, even for the mundane stuff, it's still a gift. Miracles happen all around you. And, you know, you, you miss things when you check out and I'm just glad that I'm able to spend time with friends and family, you know, go on trips, enjoy vacations and things like that and not have to worry about, you know, do I have enough drinks for the road? Do I have enough? If I'm not driving, obviously, you know, if someone else is driving, hey, we should stop at that place because I know that they have a deal on whatever, you know. I, I don't have to play that thinking, hiding, planning game anymore, which is exhausting. Um, many of us have done that um, and maybe still have an issue with it. But, you know, after a certain point, I, I kind of realized, like, you know, if I put... 10% of my energy into everything that I dealt with while I was, you know, drinking into AA. It's going to be amazing. And I have so much more freedom now. A lot of people will talk about, you know, bills are being paid, things are being taken care of, you know, going the extra mile and extra effort for other people. Those are things that I've done, but I'm able to you know, just be much more efficient and be ahead of the game rather than, you know, behind. And, you know, just becoming more aware of, you know, 
lessons and teachings and, and ideas in the book and stuff and, you know, just meeting people. I never thought that I'd go to rehab and, you know, self-admit, you know, feeling just crushed emotionally and then walk out with, yeah, rose-colored glasses a little bit, you know, but at the same time, like, actually meeting people that can be lifelong friendship and, you know, going to meetings and meeting someone there and, you know, hearing about their story, you know, keep coming back to that meeting and, you know, you find out that you have similarities between you outside of just why you're in that meeting and, you know, establishing relationships, connections and friends that way. It's a really, you know, odd way to think about it, but I, I never thought that I would need AA as much as I do. I know AA needs me, but I need it more, you know, and um, it's, it's, traveled i mean it's everywhere i mean you can pop into a meeting at any point any city that has one and the faces are different but the stories are mostly the same and it, it if you've been in aa enough you know that when you walk into that room that if you're truly accepting of the program that you're at home no matter where you go and you'll always have your home groups but it's definitely important to i i think to go to different places if you're already in town and if your schedule allows just drop in. They love to see people from out of town. I agree. I agree. But uh, uh, that is my experience also, Lee. Um, you know, what What challenges have, do you think you've encountered that you didn't didn't think you would with sobriety? With sobriety? Um, well, obviously, you know, reasons for drinking. Um, all, all the side, you know, me, me having the disease is that having to not be able to numb pain, frustration, you know, things in my life that truly needed attention and not just to be covered up. Learning that I need to deal with things and process them, not internalize them and, you know, take it out of myself, um, you know, dealing with uh, things, you know, childhood things, you know, High school things, you know, we just, I just had my 20 year high school reunion and congratulations. Yeah, no, it, it was, it was a really good time. Um, and, you know, just knowing that the 10 year reunion was a lot different because of the actual heavy, heavy drinking, because these are some people that I spent four years with side to side. And then I, I moved away for other opportunities and never really got back around the same times as them. So I felt, you know, that kind of stupid feeling like, oh, I better make up for lost time. I'm going to show them, you know, or show me or whatever. And did you show them? Uh, 10 years ago, <laughs> I think I did okay. I mean, they brought up stories at 20 from the 10. So oh. it, it wasn't bad, though. There was, there were no, no one was cited. No one spent the night in a finer establishment of the community. Uh, so, <laughs> nice. but no, it, it, it's been really good. Being able to look back and actually, you know, remember things and, and truly enjoying them. Um, the program has definitely brought a lot of calmness and serenity and peace, absolutely. And knowing how to, I mean, even things just as simple as breathing exercises. I mean, it, it anyone can learn that and, and stuff. But, you know, when you need it to have it, to have those tools in your toolbox and to use them, uh, give all the thanks there to, you know, people 
like yourself and people in these meetings that I learned these lessons from and, you know, learn what to do and what not to do at times and, you know, just keep pushing forward day by day. Nice. What are the, you know, some of the, um, I know that some of the, the thoughts that I had early in sobriety and, and, um, and, uh, and, you know, a lot of people struggle with is, is if you do go to activities like your 20 year reunion, or if you go to a sports bar with family or friends, or you want to go watch a game or something like that, um, how, <clears throat> how do you, how do you deal with that? How do you, what do you drink? Yeah, you know, it it kind of came across for me that, you know, I would have a hard time, especially around, like, at hockey games, because that's something I really like to do. Um, you're talking about local? Local, yeah, and also travel, you know, where it you're able to buy it at concessions. Um, last year I went to my first um, home game for Packers football and, you know, being sober and everything. Um we still had a great time. Uh, I guess I look at it like I kind I I kind of treat it like you know because of my medical uh, is history and stuff in the past you know year and a half or so. Um, I kind of treat it now like I kind of have an allergy and um, it's severe. And there are so many other things that I can either just get by with or I can really enjoy that have no alcohol in it. Um, a lot of times, you know, we'll go someplace and I'll get, you know, like if it's at a bar or something, I'll get like, you know, uh, tonic water with lime in it, or I'll get, you know, a diet Coke with grenadine in it, or just like a Roy Rogers and stuff like that. Sure. You know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with a good old glass of ice water, a wedge of lime, wedge of lemon, you know, that's always good too. But sure. knowing that the people that I hang out with, um, knowing that they aren't in recovery and they know that I am and there's an established, um, not, not a rule or anything, but they are, we've had conversations where they are absolutely free to do whatever around me. It doesn't matter. This is my journey, not theirs. This is my decision, not theirs. Um, I'm just able to keep it out of my mind and, like I said, be in the moment and not even think about it because I know that I just can't have it. And at first it was hard and sometimes it gets a little tough, but I have so much work that I've put in and I have people that are depending on me and I depend on myself to make the right choice day, daily. Sometimes, a couple times a day. It just depends. I mean, we're all human and disease is always kind of itching and fighting to get back to where he's in charge, you know, and <clears throat> I just change my direction. I get up and walk away, go to the restroom, come back, you know, just, just little things. Always have a glass in my hand of my drink that I chose. That way, if someone offers you one, hey, no, I already got something. Thanks, though. You buy one for me. You can have it. You know, that's <laughs> things like that. Just uh, kind of be playful with it, but um, I've never been in a situation that I felt uncomfortable with. Um, a lot of times people will say, drive separate. That way, if you feel uncomfortable, you can leave. It's always a great idea. Any option, for sure, that works best for that person. Um, 
I'm in the mindset that I know that I have to do this and I, I don't want there to be any issues and for some people that may be staying away from those events change your you know playground change your friends you know change everything and for me so far I've, I've been fortunate that um, I've just surrounded myself and I have a really good group of people that truly care about me and I'm very grateful and fortunate and it it just hasn't been a thing for me so I'm I'm very lucky and you know keep doing the right things that's for sure well, I know the one thing that our listeners will not be able to to experience is um, mo most of the time that me and Lee have been sitting down, he's been a, wearing a smile on his face, and I, I don't know that he did that as much previous. But um, um, would you would you um, let us in? Tell us about your family a little bit, like um, like just your home situation. You you mentioned a partner. Yeah, uh, my my partner. Uh, Kim, she's, we've been together for 14 years. Um, she's absolutely one of the biggest reasons um, that I'm successful. Would um, you call her a, nor a normal person? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she, she definitely is. Um, unless, you know, we're talking I, about... I, too, have one of those sick people at home. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and uh, <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with those guys? No. I don't know. She can... She can walk away from a half a beer at the, at the at the restaurant. Yeah, no, that's that's her that too. Works. And I'm like, no, no, you paid for that. It's kind of like the whole growing <laughs> up, clean your plate. There's starving people elsewhere, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, name six of them. <laughs> I agree. But no, uh, the family is is really important um, for me because that I feel like that's giving me purpose, and I have things that I want to accomplish and those people are counting on me to take care of myself to be there for those moments when they do need me and you know I'm I guess you know I'm over the feeling of shame and guilt but not really you know from when I wasn't um, and you know step step eight and nine get kind of brought up every so often and by your family? No, no, oh. no. Um, in my internal monologue, uh, you know. But, you know, the the best thing that that I can do is, you know, when ready, as long as it doesn't hurt someone else, and, you know, that that's what I'm, you know, struggling with at times, and then other times it, it whether it's going to sting or not just to clear the air is, is helpful. And the communication that we have between each other is one of the most <laughs> awesome things I've ever experienced as, as, a, as someone with dating someone else. And, and just knowing that I have a very much better to equal than situation and how lucky I am about it. Nice. Um, it, it, you talked about how she's really important. Your partner's really important. What in what ways do you feel supported by her? I guess it'd be easy. It'd be a smaller list to say what don't I feel. I mean, you know, like I, just everything from day to day, our sense of humor, um, knowing that she's in support of these meetings and me spending my time away from her 
um, to go to these events and meetings, um, knowing that she's always welcome to join, which she has several times. And, you know, the stigma that a lot of people have, and, you know, it's always one of those things that we hope can change, is we're not all such unfortunates that are, you know, in between alleyways, you know, with a brown bottle, you know, and we're just scraping by. Unfortunately, those people are, you know, around, and, you know, those people absolutely, just like anybody, need help. But people's misconception of what an alcoholic, or you know, really is, I think is more one of the things that, that definitely the, the perception needs to be addressed and changed. Because we're high-functioning at times, and, you know, we are... We think we're we we think we're craftier than we are. Let's be honest, but you know, you you know what I mean when I say that. And I know, do. I do. <laughs> and um, she, you know, going through everything um, emotionally and you know, spiritually, um, mentally for her the the hardship and still taking care of me and, you know, making sure I'm taking all the right, at the time, you know, the right medicines and, you know, being my primary care partner and, and all that stuff. And, I mean, it's, I don't mean to round it up by a couple of words because there's just so much. But, um, you know, being there, unfortunately, in the hospital when I had to visit far too many times um, for different, you know, situations and reasons. Um I just can't say enough nice things about her, and it's not because she might listen to this. Um, nothing like that at all. I don't have any pressure or anything. It's just to sum things up, you know, sometimes doesn't do it justice, but she is one of the best people I think I have the pleasure of knowing, without a doubt. Nice. Um, you know... I don't know why I have, this is so far down on my list. I guess I was just brainstorming. But, uh, you know, I know the AA program, um, you know, provides that, that, that you need the assistance of some type of higher power. Could you talk about that? Yeah, for sure. Um, and your personal, I guess your personal uh, perception? Yeah. Um, I initially, when I kept hearing higher power, higher power. And when you read the book, you know, it talks about God as you understood him and, and that that's part of the the dialogue and everything. I grew up, you know, going to church, uh, Lutheran church, um, and then Methodist churches, um, coming to Lincoln, and there are so many churches in this city, um, trying a few different ones out. Um, I kind of stepped away from that, um, where I thought that for me, um, I definitely know that I'm not in control. And we talked about learning about, you know, um, the higher power part of that. And you hear people say it a lot. Some people, it absolutely is, you know, the Lord and other people, it's, you know, unnamed them and it can be whatever they want it to be um, whatever they lean on for strength in the time of need whether it's a person a place or a thing um, you know 
for me, um, I really think of, you know, what if people weren't here and it was just nature? What if we weren't a part of it? Or we were in a place, we weren't in a place all the time. What would that look like? Calm, serene. So a lot of times I think of just open spaces and quiet, um, being on a kayak with not a lot of people around me, just, you know, going through a walk in the mountains in Estes Park, Colorado, or the Black Hills in South Dakota, where you can just take in a breath of air and just completely unwind and just relax and de-stress and just, you know, nature, I guess, would be for me. Um, and that's not to say I don't believe in any other thing, for sure, because I, I, I do. Um, and there have been times where I think we've all had that conversation after a night, you know, if you help me get through this, I'll never do that again <laughs> conversation. But when I when I do something different and I, I do ask for help, I don't try to ask for help as much as I say thanks, I think. I know that I do need help every day, sometimes, especially when I don't know it, but I like to give thank yous a lot more and be more grateful personally than ask, will you, can you? Unless it's truly for someone else's, you know, need that's, you know, ill or injured, stuff like that. Um, ha helping them see the way or, you know, get out of a tough situation that they're in, um, things like that. But uh, I definitely know that it, it's not just me, uh, not to cherry pick or take things out of, you know, scripture or anything like that. But I, I'm a really big fan of the, the footprints in the sand where, you know, walking side by side and then all of a sudden there's just two footprints and, you know, wait a minute, I thought you were going to be right next to me. It's like, those are the times where I carried you. That speaks to me a lot because how in the world could you get through losing a parent, a kid, a partner, a wife, a husband, brother, sister, you know, all that stuff. It's the support of something greater than you, I think. And I think it's definitely not always acknowledged and mentioned sometimes enough because it, it, it truly transcends just, hey, my neighbor helped me move my garage around. You know, that's obvious, you know, hands-on stuff. This is things you really just feel you know, faith, not religion, in that sense, where it's just in you to know what feels right. And I'm glad that I have the opportunity to experience that in any way. Sometimes you can define it, and sometimes you can't, and I think that that's okay. Um, I'm just glad that, you know, I, I can talk to someone if I need to. Um, hopefully they're listening, and, you know, I just have to go about my day and do the best that I can and know that I'm not always going to be in control of every situation, and that's not a bad thing. Nice. Well, you know, well, you know that especially today, I was not very organized and I was not very together, so um, there there was other things I kind of had planned, but, but it, it just didn't come through, and... Uh, you know, this isn't very polished, but I, I, I didn't necessarily want it to be polished. I wanted it to be a lot more human because I wanted people to be able to relate. Absolutely. Um, is it, what? What else do you got for us? What? 
Yeah. Um, or for me. Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing that, you know, we've discussed and you've been great about, you know, checking in on me when, um, with like health issues and stuff. Yeah. Um, about a year ago this month, uh, so, well, actually it'd be 2020, technically. Yeah. Everybody's favorite Almost year. Two, yeah. <laughs> two, two years ago, so 2020, um, I was having some issues medically and, you know, went to the doctor and, you know, they said that my liver enzymes were really, really just out of whack. You know, the numbers were elevated for sure and that I should keep an eye on it. Um, at that point, um, it was advised to me, you know, that what I already knew, like, I was honest with them and I told them how often I drank and daily, you know, and everything. And they said that would absolutely explain it. Um, you know, and when you hear sometimes when you hear news, when I hear news, I won't say anyone else, but when I heard that news, um, I kind of got the, ah, uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm a young guy. I'm, I'm in my mid-30s. I'll bounce back. It's no big deal. I'll just take a break for a while, and then I can slowly pick back up. I can moderate. I can self-moderate. I can, you know, do all those things. And that was fine for a little while, but not long enough, obviously. And, uh, you know, kept making the choice that was comfortable and kept drinking. And after a few couple day or a week stay in the hospital, uh, you know, we had the conversations of um, failure of the liver. And that's when probably about September of last year, of 2020. When you first heard that, was that just a hammer? You know, I've been in the room when people have been told that they have, you know, stage 4A and... I didn't think it was that bad. I, I didn't realize it was that bad because I just wasn't educated enough. I didn't know. And I wasn't happy about it, I guess. Um, I kind of went to the point where, you know, well, I did this to myself. You know, I wasn't, I didn't have the understanding that, you know, I, I do have a <laughs> alcoholic disease and, you know, I, I need help for it. And it got to the point where, you know, constantly drinking, feeling really bad, stopping, still feeling bad, sometimes even worse than when I was, which makes sense because I was self-medicating at that point. And, um, you know, it, it got to be around, you know, June of last year, and that's when I, you know, asked for actual help to stop, you know, because it I just couldn't do it anymore. You know, I, I was very, very sick. I was, my skin and eyes were extremely yellow because of jaundice and I was retaining water and stuff and, uh, fluid and I, I was very swollen. Um, and, uh, it was just really, really hard. We went to the independent center and towards the end of my stay there, I started to feel absolutely worse. And we went, out of the independent center, I stopped taking um, some diuretics, and then I 
started to lose that water weight and uh, I started to take more diuretics rather and I started to you know lose a lot more of the fluid weight because my body couldn't process it well fast forward to September when I'm, I'm on the trip to Green Bay to see the, the football game the Monday night football game and I uh, could feel my body changing like the weight and the, the, the swelling I could feel it as the game progressed and pictures before the game versus pictures after the game, walking back and standing, looking at the stadium, things like that, I felt horrible. And for the next week, it was really bad. And came back uh, to Nebraska and pretty much got into the doctor right away. And they, had, at that point, that's when they had the conversation that I'm absolutely in liver failure. And that explains all of the symptoms I have and getting the my, my referral to the UNMC for um, potential liver transplant so that the soonest they can do that is January and this is in September that I'm feeling this way I had family members that haven't been in the state or come down to see me probably like close family members in over a decade when they came down it it didn't feel like it at first but looking back on it now um, it, they were coming down to say goodbye like it was bad really really bad um, we go to December and I get the eval uh, end of November beginning first couple days of December and medically the nurse told me that I needed to walk around the room a little bit, which I did, and she said to me, she, there's, I just don't understand how you're able to do that with your scores and your functions and your you know, elevated test numbers being so bad. Normally, when someone has a rating of a number that you have, we're talking to them on, you know, in a hospital bed, and you're getting in and out of your vehicle, you're moving and things like that. And... Uh, did the eval, um, got approved to be on the list. I had to have six months of sobriety, and during the eval, I had actually hit my six months of sobriety. That was one of the criteria. And going to AA a lot, sometimes I'd go four times a day after I got out of the independent center because I, I wanted to get involved. I wanted to do the right things and build the right foundation of the still Lee, but I'm trying to do the right things different, you know, and three days after getting added to the list, I get a phone call on hy V. I'm buying soup at like 8.30 at night, and <laughs> they, they asked me who I was, and I said, yeah, it's me, and they're like, uh, yeah, we're from UNMC uh, coordinators, and we have a donor liver available for you three days after I completed the eval. In the documents, they talk about weeks, months, years, never. Yeah, I think that sounds pretty amazing. And it was just a whirlwind of emotion. I had to leave my cart, and I, I had to leave. I, I told her, I said, I need 10 minutes. Can you call me back in 10 minutes, please? And I don't know if I had a word that Kim could understand as I'm bawling on the phone with her trying to talk because I'm trying to drive home, and I'm – a wreck emotionally 
not not because uh not only because I'm scared of well, I didn't think this was real. I didn't think that I deserved it. Um I didn't think that it would work for some reason. Like I had a lot of doubts. Um there's a lot that can go wrong with a transplant such as this. Um it's one of the biggest surgeries a person can have, I'm told, and I just thought that, you know, it wouldn't work. And then I immediately, I mean, all of those things happened in a flash of a second, and then immediately I think I felt more remorse because me getting that opportunity meant that someone else wasn't able to continue. And I think I felt more upset about that, that I'll never know that person, I'll never know maybe their family, um, get to actually say thank you, um, things like that, for the, even the, the chance or the opportunity, because there, there's very strict guidelines that they go by for matching and everything, and I was just in, confused, and I, I was really just overwhelmed, you know, and we go to the five days later, I'm in surgery for eight and a half hours the first time and I don't think Kim was there when they started to wake me up initially maybe she was I can't uh, quite remember because you know I was under anesthesia anesthesiology department talking to me and liver team talking to me and all that stuff and I, I think if, if I'm remembering correctly they were asking me how I'm feeling, how I'm doing, and I, I have a really good, I think I, I have a very imaginative sense of humor, and sometimes it's absolutely appropriate, and other times <laughs> it's like, I probably should have thought about that one a little longer, and or not. Yeah. Sorry. I think they kept asking me how I was doing, and I'm groggy-eyed and barely able to speak, and I think what the lady reminded me later on, a couple weeks later, is uh, she was like, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, I picked a heck of a day to quit drinking. <laughs> and the room went really quiet. Ouch! And I'm like, I'm, I'm just kidding, guys. I'm, 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 I'm here. I'm just kidding. And all through this day, I, I just tried oh. to make the most of everything. There were really tough times ahead for sure, but um, you know, just post care and everything. I'm fortunate, absolutely grateful, and fortunate to even wake up every day, let alone talk to you. I mean, I get to come talk with you today. You know, I, I get yeah. to, you know, I don't have to go to work. I get to go to work. I didn't, I don't get to play with my, my dogs. I, I you know, I, 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 I have the opportunity and even the mundane things, looking back at everything, um, you know, when you have less than a month to two months to live, um, not to be cliche, but like sometimes the movies do get it right where you don't have to have it go that bad or be that bad for, for your own recovery. Um, that part of it ties into what I said initially that, you know, hopefully with things that we've talked about, you and I, that it'll touch someone and it'll reach them in a tough point. Maybe they're medically you know, in the same situation, I felt like I had no one to talk to. I felt like I can talk about AA stuff, but then we have this whole health aspect, and I don't have anyone in my family that's needed this type of surgery. 
Um, I know that they're online forums. Um, I, I just needed someone to talk to. And I'd love to be that for somebody. Um, thanks to Kim, you know, Kim and stuff, we did so much research and looking into things and is this the best option? She was my sounding board and, you know, she would ask questions when I wasn't able to, when I was in like recovery and stuff and she'd write all sure. the answers down. So yeah, there, there's a, a lot of funnier stories too, but I mean, you know, if, if you know, you're ready and you need help, we're here. We're arms are always wide open. We don't shoot our wounded. We want you to succeed. And you know, there are times where we're going to need your help for us to keep succeeding. I'm always happy for the day, and I'm, I'm not looking too far into the future, but always able to, you know, see the bright side of things because of perception and humility, and, you know, I'm, I'm really excited for the future and what everything is going to unfold as it does, you know, and definitely appreciate talking with you, of course, as always, um, you know. This, is, this meeting that we go to, um, it's a very small group, but it's a very important meeting, in my opinion, um, that we have with Matt and a few other gentlemen. Um, it's <laughs> 6 in the morning, which a lot of people just kind of automatically, I can probably imagine, <laughs> groaning. Most people do. Yeah, and it, it, it's a great, great way to start a day. Honestly, whatever your morning ritual is, um, mix it up once in a while and hit an early meeting and let the day unfold after a message of strength, experience, and hope and a good conversation and a free cup of coffee. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Well, um, Lee, I, I, I can't express uh, my gratitude to you enough. I mean, I, I, um, you're very articulate and, uh, um, your story is amazing. Um, the thing about it is there's a lot of stories in AA that are amazing. And Absolutely. I think it's, I think it's amazing the depths that we can be in and rise out and rise way above. And, uh, I'm hoping that, uh, that our many messages reach people and, and help them, yeah, help definitely. them to, uh, know that there's hope. There absolutely is, 100%. So. And, you know, people like you doing the service work and paying it forward by, you know, creating this option, um, it, it just, it's, it's one of the, the most nerve-wracking for you, I can imagine, at times. <laughs> but really, really, it's, it's going to be extremely beneficial, and I, I hope that people absolutely keep listening. Um, I'm not under contract to say that, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I really do. Matt's a great guy. He, he means well. He's got a big heart, and you know you're, you're going to get hopefully a lot. But if not, you're going to get some good content out of this, and you know you're going to be happy that you stayed and listened. Good deal. Well, thanks again, Lee. Absolutely, Matt. You have a great day. You as well. Folks, I was glad I could present Lee and his story to you.
even with that poor audio quality. Um, I just thought it was uh, too good to not share. Um, So that was my first audio. Uh, I hope you enjoyed his story. I hope the audio didn't get in the way of that. Um, Will you please rate the podcast on the platform? That'll help us get out to more people. And uh, if you heard something that you think someone might relate to in Lee's story today, please tell them. Let them know about our podcast. I'm in Nebraska. The local A hotline is 1-877-792-1044. The National A Crisis Line is 1-800-839-1686. And remember, folks, I have all these numbers in my show notes. If you or someone you know is at risk of self-harm, please text or call 988. Please, um... Don't have any regrets on this one. Um, I'm happy to say September is National Recovery Month. No better time to start. Live your life with joy and reach out for help. As always, this is Matt. Have a great day.